local filmmakers Mike Cheslick and Ryland Brixen Cole Twos have been making videos together since they were 14 years old at Whitefish Bay High School. They've made about 50 videos together, but the film Hundreds of Beavers is the pair's second full-length feature. The film is about a man who has to become the land's greatest fur trapper by defeating hundreds of beavers. Except in this movie, all of the animals are played by humans in mascot costumes. If the plot doesn't intrigue you enough, it's also a silent film shot in black and white that the filmmakers say was influenced by Buster Keaton, Looney Tunes, and Mario Brothers video games. Hundreds of Beavers is making its Milwaukee theatrical premiere tonight, and ahead of that, filmmakers Mike and Ryland join Lake Effect's Audrey Nowakowski. Mike and I uh, wanted to make something that was completely and utterly different than anything else anyone would ever try to pull off. And uh, to do that, you must make something like Hundreds of Beavers. It's also a silent film because uh, we've tried writing things together and we're just not very good. We don't have an understanding of uh, sentence structure of uh, periodic sentences, of uh, having characters speak in a, in a way that's appropriate for the historical setting. So we just threw all the dialogue out of the window and uh, focused on funny images of Ryland getting hurt. Well, and despite the simple premise, I say it's harder to pull off because you need to execute it well. You don't have dialogue, you don't have a ton of other things distracting audiences, but this makes it ideal for comedy, you know, because you, you're relying so much on the visual action and the physical humor. So how does this translate when you're first writing it? You mentioned you weren't good at dialogue, but is it more difficult to write a script for a film with no dialogue? Writing this happened so long ago that there's almost no way of knowing how we did it or what happened. It's been a five-year road, but the best I can remember is that we're sitting around with note cards, drawing Ryland getting hurt in different ways or beavers getting hurt in different ways and uh, posting those on the basic Campbellian structure, uh, Hero's Journey, and trying to make fun callbacks with uh, running physical jokes. And then those note cards are basically we're holding them out in the woods and just trying to replicate what I drew uh, on set, which is what I call the woods. I call it a set. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, a set with five people. Um, and uh, there was no actual script per se. There were just drawings. So Mike would bring his big binders full of his drawings into, into the woods in northern Wisconsin. And he would, we would look at the pictures and then we would make the frame and shoot the movie. It's great to know that it's just visual from concept to endpoint. And you mentioned the hero's journey, and there's also a lot of other fun classic cinema elements in here, whether it's a nod to different genres or scenes. So I'd love to know more about your inspirations and what you both wanted to channel for this movie. I love Buster Keaton, and I love Super Mario, and I think they share a camera philosophy <laughs> of a long lens in a very wide space with a flattened image. A lot of high angle stuff too. Where you can see the character and his obstacle in the same frame and it's a physical problem. Yeah, you know, we also took a lot of inspiration, I think just from uh, old Hong Kong movies, old Jackie Chan movies of the eighties too. We love those movies so much. And, you know, obviously he got a lot of inspiration from Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, but we wanted to also just bring in sort of that action element too. And he was so good at, uh, not only is Jackie Chan just, you know, an action star, but he directed a lot of those things at all the fight choreography. So he was really good at, he knew where to put the camera and he just really knew how to shoot action correctly, which I think a lot of movies 
these days don't shoot action correctly. So that was always an inspiration. I think just growing up watching those, that was kind of instilled in our minds when we were staging this. You've also been making videos together since high school here in Milwaukee, right? So you guys know what your styles are, what you like, and how to play off of each other? Yeah, we've been making jokes together and videos together since we were 14 or 15 in, at uh, Whitefish Bay High School. So actually, this is like our 50th video, but it's only our second feature. Yeah, so, you know, we, we know each other uh, pretty pretty inside and out at this point. So it's it's nice to have uh sort of a partner in crime to you know take on these huge uh massive odysseys that uh these movies become uh that you're not just kind of doing it all yourself so uh but yeah we've known each other for a long time so uh we have a lot of the same uh, similar tastes and stuff and people seem to somewhat enjoy the things we make so we thought hey, i'll just keep working together why not i was always thinking somebody better would come along and it's just still ryland after all these years mm -hmm. Right. So, Mike, you edited and did the visual effects for this film, and I'm I'm going to love picking your brain about it. I was so impressed by what you were able to accomplish and the world that you built in the Midwest tundra that this is set in. So my first question is, how many beaver costumes did you actually need? There's only six, and they're repeated over and over again in After Effects. And I've been working in After Effects for uh, 13 years, and all of the ideas for this movie as we're writing are based on things I think I could achieve in post and that Ryland thinks he can achieve physically in the real world. And so for After Effects, you know, if you pick a lame style or a lo-fi style, such as grainy black and white, where the whites are kind of blown out and the blacks fall off and there's just less, you're responsible for less detail, then you can create a crazier image. Like the South Park writers are totally unlimited in their writing because uh, their style is so simple to achieve. So they anything that comes to mind, they can do. So for us, it affected the writing because we know anything that just involves a suit and After Effects and snow, uh, we're allowed to put in the movie. So there's some very grand images in the movie that are only possible because of the lameness of the look. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it still took Mike an eternity to do all these effect shots because he was doing them all himself. Uh, you know, he did like over 2,000 effect shots on this film. Uh, but had we tried to make Avatar, uh, this movie would have taken 300 years. So, you know, you just pick a really lo-fi style and you're able to create mega worlds. Well, and the worlds complemented each other with what you were moving through in this odyssey of the fur trapper. And with over, yeah, like I said, over one or 2,000 visual effects after the filming location was in Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, but, you know, Mike, you're working so hard on some of these post effects. Is there a particular scene or uh, a shot that was a fun challenge for you, one that sticks with you in post? Yeah, this log flume chase scene was very ambitious and complex it was only shot in two days in a small apartment just with a green screen on two walls very simple setup very cheap to shoot but infinitely complicated to do in post and i had a lot of help on that sequence from another guy we went to high school with jerry couric uh this is sort of typical of the movie that we'd have uh, just a bunch of buddies from growing up helping us and jerry not only played the bunny and is a great actor himself and an animator himself. He also um, cracked a lot of these difficult log flume shots with his post skill. And so that was a really complex scene that actually required, you know, two people and months of both of our time. 
you'll know it when you see it. It's like inspired kind of by the Wallace and Gromit train chase or the thief in the cobbler recobbled cut Rube Goldberg sequence. And that was, uh, you know, you pick a goal that's just a little beyond what you think you can do. And then you grow while you try to achieve it. I say you'd achieve it. And Ryland, you play the lead, as you mentioned, and you really put in some sweat and snow equity here. So I imagine it was a lot of fun, but also challenging. You're filming in Wisconsin winters, and you're pretty much in every scene doing something crazy physical in the snow. So what were your main takeaways from the making of this film and challenging yourself in this way? You know, I believe it or not, I've never fought in the Crusades, but it felt like we were fighting a crusade because it took so long and it was just a lot of backbreaking labor. Uh, but, you know, it was a lot of fun, too, though, because, again, we were working on it with all our buddies who worked so hard for no money. And, you know, uh, even though it was a lot of work, it was there was never any interpersonal conflicts or anything. Everyone got along really great. You know, so, yeah, there was some tough challenges for me physically, but you know, it wasn't, uh, it was, it was all worth it. You know, it, you get hurt here and there, you get some frostbite here and there, but you know, no one died. So, but yeah, it was great. At the end of every night, uh, you just go back to the cabin and drink some beers with your buddies and then do it all over again. Yeah. Ryland would have been impossible to replace on this. It was written for him and you couldn't have cast him. It was totally tailored to his abilities and he was tough as nails for 12 weeks, most of it outside. I think the thing people need to realize too, is like this movie, it, you know, it could have only have happened with uh, the people that we brought on and like the conditions we were shooting in were pretty, pretty terrible some days, you know, and there wasn't a lot of safety precautions taken. It was, uh, <laughs> it was friends in the woods with a DSLR camera. Yeah. Yeah. So these guys are the salt of the earth who we got to help us. And, uh, even though they, we only had a very few number of film professionals, anything we asked these guys to do, they would just do it, you know, whether it be just like being a quote unquote production assistant or a driver or being an, one of many animals in the movie, uh, everyone sort of did everything on this. <laughs> Well, you can tell it's a labor of love and because it's black and white and there's no dialogue and you are making sure the audience is paying attention to every frame. Did you feel a greater pressure to execute this well? Because unlike other movies that rely heavily on distracting audiences with grandiose things, this structure is so simple. You want to do it well. Yes, because there's a lot of silences that are filled with a laugh and there's a certain gag pace. So if you're watching in a theater, you'll really notice if one of the gags doesn't work. And if we have 200 gags or whatever the number is, you want every single one to work every 30 seconds or whatever it is. And executing a gag takes a lot of precision and it needs to be timed right. It needs to look right. It needs to have a nice clean read, we say. It has to have a, a, a perfect sound effect, you know, to really like hit home the joke. And Mike and I, when we were writing it too, we went through so many different gag ideas and stuff and just it had to take the best ones, you know? And uh, the other thing too, like Mike just editing the movie too, he was so conscious all the time about pacing too, because it's like, there's no talking in the movie. So we constantly have to be entertaining and like kind of hitting the audience with a truckload of bricks, you know, just like, you don't like that? How about this? You don't like that? What about this? You don't like that? How about this? You know, it's just like constant ideas, bombardment, you know, 
there's also this strange structural thing in this movie where usually in the hero's journey, there's a sort of montage of the hero getting better. But we don't really have a montage in this film. The experimental part of Hundreds of Beavers is that we tried to show him improving at fur trapping step by step. You watch him play the whole video game. You watch him level up every step of the RPG. You watch him get all hundred beavers and learn everything in real time instead of elliptical editing where suddenly he's better now. And that, that also plugged into the whole trap line thing is trappers have a trap line when they go out and lay their traps, you know, for the beavers and they'll just, you know, every day they'll walk their trap line to the different locations where they put their traps, you know? So we had to, we had to plug like an actual real world thing into this Looney Tunes movie, you know? So it couldn't be a, like a mon, like a Rocky four montage. You had to like show that trap line progression and how he gets better, you know? So, so in, to my knowledge, that's not a structure that's been in any movie. So it was something that was really important to us to try uh, and you're setting up a joke that pays off 12 scenes later because Jean Kayak goes around 12 traps before he gets to check the setup of the first trap. All of this work you guys are talking about paid off so well. This movie played at the film festival here last year, and you guys are taking it on a road show for a, a Midwest victory tour, as I'd like to call it. And <laughs> this film is really resonating with people, despite... Maybe some people assuming that a silent slapstick supernatural film about hunting beavers isn't, you know, what people are wanting in 2023, 24. So why do you think it's hitting the mark so well? These are very classic themes and simple ideas of just uh, man versus nature, man versus animal. He's cold. He wants to get warm. He's hungry. He wants to eat. Uh, wants, he wants to get the girl. He wants to know. get the girl by being good at his job. Uh, there's all these classic, we just, you know, to improve as filmmakers, we're trying to just pick some classic subject matter, a classic spine, and then be experimental on top of something rock solid. And again, there's no talking. So everyone from any walk of life can watch it and understand what's going on too. And at the end of the day, it's just like a live action, you know, cartoon, you know, so it's, it's just fun. It's just a really fun experience. Well, this is an American tradition of the slapstick movies of cartoons and silent films of this yeah. like older style of comedy from the first half of the 20th century. And it's this great American tradition that we just, you know, kind of didn't make for a couple decades for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so I think people are just happy to see it back, whether or not it was us doing it. It just, we just forgot about this big genre. So if you bring it back, people aren't just reacting to you. They're reacting to, oh, I'm glad it's back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is everyone always says like, oh, I love those old Buster Keat movies, those old, you know, Harold Lloyd, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, those are so great. And it's like, well, you can you can make those still if you want. And it's like, oh, no. Well, you know, that was way back then. You know, you, of course, you could do that now. And it's like, well, well, why not? Of course you can. You could and you can <laughs> react to things that have happened since then, like video game storytelling yeah. and video game structure ideas are like, that's new to this century, but it can be combined with this older American genre. Mm -hmm. Well, you both did such a great job in bringing this genre back. Rylan and Mike, thank you so much for joining me today to talk more about Hundreds of Beavers. Thank, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Audrey. This was a great one. Mike Cheslick is the director, editor, and producer of Hundreds of Beavers. Ryland Brixen Cole Twos is the lead actor, writer, and producer. They spoke with Lake Effects Audrey Nowakowski. 
You can see hundreds of beavers at the Oriental Theater tonight for its Milwaukee premiere. Mike and Ryland will be there along with all of their furry friends for a film and Q&A experience you'll never forget. There's more information at wuwm.com.